So welcome back to another episode of Restorative Talks. I am here today with the co-founders of the Invictus Project. We're sitting in a co-working construction management space in Denver in what seems to be a shipping container with uh, one of the co-founders, Sam, with a violet in his nose and on his head. And Jeff is eagerly waiting on deck for that. So they're the two co-founders. And we're just here to talk today about their project, a little bit about how you could integrate some of the progressive approaches they're taking to mental health and the veterans population home. And also how can you interface with that amazing organization? So thanks you guys for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So what it, can, can you, for the listeners that don't know it, what is Invictus? So I, I think the, the place to start is kind of why did, did we start this, this effort, this nonprofit and now uh, this for-profit enterprise. Jeff and I were both bomb technicians in the army. We both served overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan, both received uh, traumatic blasts. When we got home, we sought mental health treatment through the traditional channels and were handed a pile of prescriptions and told to get used to our new normal. And that obviously didn't, didn't work for us. It, it made the symptoms worse. And anytime you go back and tell a traditional practitioner that symptoms are getting worse. Well, their toolkits full of pills. So they throw more pills at the problem and eventually it got so bad that we both became suicidal at separate points. <laughs> at separate points. Yeah. Christmas Eve, 2014, I had my 45 in my mouth. And the only thing that saved my life was one of my buddies texting me right, right as I was about to squeeze the trigger and, uh, put the gun down and went over to, to hang out with him for Christmas and, that uh, that night changed my life. Jeff's got a very similar story. Yeah. I, um, so when I got out, I got out in February 2013. I was struggling already with some TBI issues. My spine's fused as well. So I had some functional pain issues as well. Like most vets, I chose to self-medicate with alcohol because it's socially acceptable within our community. So uh, at one point, I was drinking a fifth of whiskey every night. Jameson was the only... Thing I really wanted to ingest that gave me any sort of relief. And in reality, obviously we know now that that just makes symptoms worse, but I was also going to the VA constantly seeking help and uh, handed more prescriptions along with the self-medication that made things even worse. So April, 2015, I finally had enough and I was ready to find my relief at the end of my 45. And um, luckily my four-year-old son knocked on my door at around two in the morning and said, daddy, are you okay? So he must've heard something going on. And then about a month later, a mentor of ours walked out in his backyard, shot himself with this three-year-old son still in the house on Memorial Day weekend. And that's what initiated our research. And then also what became the catalyst for what we, we've built. Yeah. So we, we went around and started researching, well, not only neurochemistry, neurobiology, but going around and trying to find different alternative treatments that could address our symptoms, address not only our symptoms, but the root causes of them. And through this, this whole journey, we've compiled a treatment protocol that does address the root causes of traumatic brain injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder and depression. So we can provide long-term healing to our patients. Our goal with these organizations is to make these treatments the standard of care. Um, we, we know that they work. They're all very well individually studied, 
but nobody's taken a collective integrative medicine approach using all of these different modalities or doing proper pre-treatment diagnostics. So the biggest problem in mental health is nobody is examining the organ they treat prior to treating. They rely solely on patient reporting. And when a patient gets better through, let's say, pharmaceuticals work for that 20% of the patient population, they stop going to the doctor. So they don't know if they're actually effectively cured or if they're just managing their symptoms better and saw an improved quality of life. So no, they're no longer moving forward. So we collect pre-treatment diagnostics to confirm diagnosis, which drives our treatment plan, and then post-treatment diagnostics so that we can actually see the improved function of the brain and how it has fundamentally changed on a physiological perspective. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, were, we were the first test dummies. I mean, <laughs> Space Monkey. Space Monkey. Jeff is actually Space <laughs> Monkey number three. The other we two don't space talk about we the other two? We don't talk about the other two <laughs> no, Space Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Space Monkeys. It was a, it was a dark time. <laughs> they're at, they're doing great, um, but they Jeff, are actually they are actually doing great. Joke. But Space Monkey number three was was kind of is kind of our flagship patient. He was having all of the symptoms of severe TBI, migraines, five to six times a week, like five hour long episodes. Couldn't sleep, no emotional control, <laughs> no emotional control at all. Yeah. Just as a drop of the hat would just explode. Very blessed to have patient people around me. Yeah, very blessed. <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> uh, and had a ton of issues with memory. So, the, you know, we knew we had, we had to do something. So, got Jeff's brain scanned, and we got a Q-spec brain image from Sarah Scan down in Littleton, one of our partners. Uh, great people doing some great work with neuroimaging. We were able to see through the image, and it's worth mentioning that Jeff had had two previous MRIs that showed no damage whatsoever. Three, Three previous MRIs that showed no damage. When we did a Q-spec, we analyzed the blood flow in his brain. You could very, very clearly see that he had a drastic traumatic brain injury to his right temporal lobe, as well as some axonal shearing. So if you were looking at the image, it almost looks like the bottom of his brain was bruised. Gotcha. And... So we, we started him on uh, on our treatment protocols, and we got him ketamine infusion therapy. After some resistance. After some I, resistance. I, I had an ethical issue with taking donor dollars to use for my own personal. So we used some of our existing relationships with other veteran service organizations to help comp pay for that. Because um, Sam actually was one of the guys that kind of brought it to light and said, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anybody else. And yeah. so we found a different way to go for that. And so that way we weren't using our donor dollars for our own personal gain, but we use ketamine infusion right up front to give some complete relief of the symptoms. Crazy part is there was some residual benefits that we didn't expect. My migraines went away after the first infusion. I haven't had a migraine since April, which That's is amazing. And the improved sleep quality too. Like yeah. uh, I, I get pretty consistently about thirty percent REM now, whereas I was struggling to get eight to ten percent REM before. And that's even with the lifestyle changes that we were doing to try and promote sleep hygiene and uh, reduce inflammation in the body. So yeah, so we started off ketamine infusions, then we put him through twenty sessions of hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and then after those twenty sessions, we 
Use our partner, TBI Therapy, has a patented internasal stem cell platelet-rich plasma and insulin regimen. We went through the the stem cell platelet-rich plasma and insulin regimen. It, it was just amazing to watch after, because it takes about four months for the stem cells to become fully mature after they've been taken out of the bloodstream, put up the nose, it bypasses the blood-brain barrier, so you can take your blood that's already hyper-oxygenated, already has all these stem cells, put it directly into your brain. And we, we tested the electrical output of Jeff's brain. Not just the electrical output, literally a pretty cool, it tested electrical output, coherence, asymmetry, yeah. um, P300, <coughs> pretty intense. Yeah, we used a, what, a device called a Wabi. So one Another of one of our partners who's yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. Yeah, check out wabimed.com. Shout out to Wabi. Love you guys. Yeah. They'll be in the show notes. And that's for those that are not familiar, that's going to be a QEEG-based device, I think, located actually here in Colorado out of Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. 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 So we, we tested Jeff before the stem cells, and then we tested him. It was a month and a half afterwards. And in that... After the stem cells. After the stem cells. And I had just completed h Yeah, he had just completed H-Bot. So he did the stem cells, then went back into hyperbaric oxygen therapy in that month and a half period. And granted, it takes four months for the stem cells to become fully mature. But in that period, based on the Wabi scans, we increased Jeff's voltage output by 30%. That's pretty damn significant. And when you talk it's about like putting supercharger on an engine, it's, yeah. it's pretty insane in clarity and focus, emotional regulation. Oh yeah, they're all back. Um, being able to actually pull my weight for once. Yeah, my back was starting to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and since those stem cells, it, it's just been a continual per continual pattern of improvement, like anywhere from neurocognitively to memory to emotionally. Yeah. Recall has been insane. Actually. Yeah. Like that's, that's the one, number one thing that veterans complain about when you're talking about traumatic brain injury patients is I can't remember anything. And to be able to, to help give someone back their memories is. Yeah. Being able to remember how to play with my daughter and moments with my son, obviously when I'm hanging out with my loved ones and Sam and I are business partners, but we were brothers first. I mean, we, he's been one of my closest companions and friends. So it's nice to be able to remember those moments and not feel like I'm uh, a weight that people have to drag around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in having seen you go through that treatment, I would say you're anything but a weight right now, <laughs> right? You guys are taking on a big project that has implications for shifting how insurance companies bill, how possibly the VA treats veterans with, I mean, just everything, right? You're creating your own system. Yeah, we've, so, uh, we've been really lucky with the partners that we have because two of them use machine learning to improve diagnostics and the efficiency of their machines. So Wabi uses, um, they're collecting all of these data sets and using machine learning to figure out the correlatories. It's FDA cleared. It's not considered a diagnostic at all. So, But we can have that raw QEG data to be evaluated and use that as a diagnostic. And then Seroscan also been phenomenal. CEOs of that. So they were actually our first presentation and they also use machine learning to improve their diagnostics and they're already FDA approved as a standard diagnostic. However, it hasn't been widely accepted within the medical community. So 
We've managed to organize a pilot study, talk to the principal investigator of the VA to ensure that once we, what we need to include in these findings to get the VA to really gain some traction and uh, start legitimately looking at more effective options rather than just monetizing patients. And with that, we've managed to figure out a way to publish those findings as well through our partnerships, which has been the hardest part for us to but we've basically been learning as we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> knew nothing about nonprofits, nothing about brains. We, we knew about bombs and we were, we were taught a very, a very effective way to approach problems. Cause every time you approach a problem as a bomb technician, someone's usually trying to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. The most <laughs> complex form of critical assessment. Cause you're, our primary goals was to protect life and property and if you really break down our job in the military, it was all about risk mitigation, trend analysis, and evidence collection. And, and that's what we're really trying to do is make sure that we're looking at the trends about what works, risk versus reward, what's best for the long-term patient outcome. After these guys have seen some physiological changes, that's when we introduce behavioral modification and lifestyle modification when the patient actually has a little bit more quality of life and some uh, strength to start looking at how their habits are affecting their symptoms. Yeah. Habits are everything. They are. And I mean, you know, for the listeners too, when you're talking about Q spec scan, I'm guessing some people or a lot of people listening are familiar with Daniel Amen. Q spec is kind of a step beyond, I think, than just a, a traditional spec scan. And that's really what his kind of neural subtypes of ADHD and different, you know, change your brain, change your life is based on. So you guys coming out as, you know, bomb techs or EOD guys, and then moving into, your own recovery and then now creating a process like you guys are using the cutting edge, you know, QEGs, Q specs, HBOT, hyperbaric treatment or oxygen therapy for people that don't know what that means. But ketamine, these are all things that are at the cutting edge of all these fields and looking at this really integrated multimodal approach. And then just if you guys are hearing clicking and beeping in the background, that's because uh, we now got Jeff on the NeuroAmp too or neuro to alpha from Violite. So even as we're doing this, you know, we're kind of, there, there's a little bit of that flavor of some biohacking, some deep healing, some assessment. And then, you know, like you said, moving on to, there's another phase. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that, but I think that's. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the pilot study, you know, like I said, we know all these things work. Yeah. We, we were the guinea pigs. Now, now we're in the business of proving it from an institutional standpoint with this pilot study, but our ultimate vision is to have a large outpatient facility that functions as a total human health and optimization co-op. We'll have Invictus in the back doing all those treatments that I just told you about. And then in the front of the house, we'll have a gym, healthy eating facility, a one-of-a-kind yoga room that our friend Bryce wants to build, cafe, so healthy eating options, sensory deprivation flow tanks, and there's a couple other modalities that I've listed, but it, the goal is to be able to bring people in the door that have broken brains, fix their brain on a cellular level, get them back to a healthy baseline, and then without any delay, input them directly into programmatic lifestyle changes, lifestyle modifications, and a community of people that are just trying to build a better version of themselves. Immediate integration. Yeah. So it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. You come here to get better. All the way. All the way. And even as far as to say career? Yeah. Oh, so for sure. We, so. we run a separate business on the side of 
the Invictus Project and Invictus Health, which is a construction staffing company focused on transitioning as many veterans into the skilled trades as possible. Sam and I were both military trainers, both taught foreign national armies as well when we got out on defense contracts. And so we got to learn a lot about adult learning principles. And when you look at the military, they are the most successful corporation as far as instilling culture and trainability and, and retention even, except they've been hurting lately because they aren't doing a very good job covering the physical damage, the injuries sustained from their service. So uh, with that being said, we looked at that. All service members are kinesthetic learners because that's how they model their training. Uh, about 98% of the population actually learns through kinesthetic learning effectively. And so we saw a huge benefit of transitioning veterans into trades that require kinesthetic learning. And so we donate about a third of our bottom line profits directly to the nonprofit. 98% of our donor dollars go directly to veteran care and the growth of our programs. Sam and I don't get compensated at all for the nonprofit. And it's more about just serving the community that shaped who we are. And so that we can save some of our brothers. EOD has the highest suicide rate among any other job in the military. And we're tired of watching our friends die after they've come home from combat. So for us, it became more about the two biggest predictors of veteran suicide, access to the effective medical care, and really giving them that improved quality of life, bringing them back to that baseline. And then financial anxiety, or how well these guys transition out of careers, out of their military service, and market themselves on a transferable basis on what's going to be valuable to a civilian market. And so it's kind of evolved to the point where now we're talking about creating a national veteran division to offer full scope services, white collar as well as blue collar jobs. And using that as a way to truly change somebody's life after they've gotten the right interventions. Yep. Fix the brain, fix the rest of their life too. Yeah. Yeah. Get to, to take someone from their, their lowest of their low point where they're considering suicide to fixing their brain and then <laughs> so we can't have nice things, Jeff. Yeah, we're just had a diode fall out of Jeff's nose as he's doing some <laughs> brain stimulation. This is so, an odd thing to shove up my nose. Yeah, towards the septum can be more comfortable too. If you want to give that okay. up? Yeah, <laughs> it's not the most comfortable device in the nose. Not bad on the head though. No, not at all. So, but I mean, we're so as he's talking, we're basically stimulating mitochondrial growth in his brain. So you're like getting these guys amped up. I think you have a gala. We have a gala after this. Yeah. So it's, you know, we got to get them some energy, but you know, the alpha, so we're putting 10 Hertz into your head. Basically is going to stimulate more of a relaxed state, but also give you some energy to get through the night. And we're also not the type to show up to a gala. Like we're typically not. <laughs> it's not the normal scene we show up to. So I, haven't worn my, I haven't worn my monkey suit in a while. But yeah. it'll, be, it'll be nice that it's actually we're going to America's Military Families uh, fundraising event, which is also a very large veteran service organization, nonprofit that focuses on suicide prevention as well. I think that's ultimately what Sam and I's strength has been is these, this truly collaborative effort and building a, a supportive ecosystem with everybody's aligned and tightening up that collaborative effort with the right organizations. Yeah, because so, there's, there's a ton of veteran service organizations that are out there doing great things, but there are so many of them that people end up fighting over donor dollars and butting heads and viewing it as a competition instead of a collaborative effort to serve 
our brothers and sisters. Yeah, we all have the same end goal. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the way it's looked at is the nonprofit market, especially for veterans, is so oversaturated that everybody is always pushing their own agenda. There was a uh, gentleman named Boone Cutler who has his own radio show, very, very vocal about the veteran community. We had a conversation with him. This was been almost a year and a half ago now. It's been a while it's been since a we've chatted with him. And uh, he he made it a very interesting point. It's, it's from a veteran perspective, it's all about tightening up our lines so we can really defend our position. And he sees a benefit in seeing nonprofit organizations really tighten up their lines and showing true collaborative efforts and sharing of resources and data and information so that we can disperse it to the masses and raise awareness for what's actually working. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very, very fortunate for the people that we've come across <coughs> as yeah. we continue to learn and grow from this whole experience. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of doors that have been getting open to the right places. You, you know, anytime one shuts, there's four more that, that open. And it's been really cool to see how, you know, everyone we talk to you know, we lay out the mission and kind of how we're structuring this, how we're going about it. The, the only, the only response we've gotten is overwhelming support. Yeah. When, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that door shut door open piece, like, and I'm at, I'm hey, super grateful you guys are both still with us. I know there's a lot of people that are not still with us and people that have been fortunate enough like yourselves to still be here and then also have received treatment that works. I see both are high functioning, very motivated, focused, kind of evolved humans as I, as I see you, <laughs> not to evolve, not to evolve, but, you know. but I'm, I'm just, I know there's a lot of people out there and you guys are just getting started. So it's not like there's a, the center you're talking about. It's not quite there yet. Like for maybe someone who's out there listening to this, like really like, Oh man, that's exactly what I need. Like how can people, like what can they do before you're open or is there, or are they able to work with you now? Like what's, so we've been raising funds since January of this year. We didn't start accepting donor dollars. We've been primarily bootstrapping it through our own personal donations. Uh, we officially incorporated the 501c3 and got approval April, April of, 6, 2018. Yeah. So it took us a good eight months to lay the framework before we started really pushing donor dollars. Um, if somebody wants to help out or support us, we are always accepting donations. Uh, InvictusProject.org is our website. It's currently being redeveloped as well, luckily through one of our major donors as well. Like We've just had an amazing amount of support. We also just want a business accelerator that's going to allow us to raise some investment capital for the for-profit so it'll be accessible to everybody rather than just veterans. Mm -hmm. The veterans will still sponsor and facilitate care for it. So InvictusProject.org, all of our con contact information is on there yep. as well. Yeah, that's that's the best way to get a hold of us. And right now we're we're in the process of raising money to finish the pilot study. Yeah, that's that's our our main line effort, and everything is uh, is bridging from that. Awesome. We've got a lot of momentum working for us, though. I mean, seven states have already approved hyperbaric use for veterans. People are starting to come and see that they're starting to see a lot of traction and momentum in the right areas. Um, as far as I know. Dr. Hughes is the only one in the nation that uses pluripotent stem cell intranasal injections. I know there's a study out of UCSF that's doing actual surgery for stem cells, but um, it's it's pretty phenomenal to see the results and also to to speak personally about how it's affected our own lives. Cool. Awesome. I mean, and then 
In terms of folks that maybe can't get access, is there any kind of tips or tricks that maybe someone has? I know there's a lot of, you know, like suicide prevention hotlines and stuff that I'm hoping every listener has and we'll have links to those. But just for both of you, is there any like tips or tricks that have helped you get out of that dark place Uh, that are... If someone's in a seriously dark place that they can't get out of, highly recommend calling Ketamine Wellness Center. They're down in Littleton. The ketamine is the only drug on the market, especially when it's given intravenously, that can relieve depression symptoms in such a short period of time. They do uh, between four to eight treatments, depending on the patient. And patient, our, our patients have seen relief of symptoms in as little as one dose. And yeah. it, it's between, depending on which paper you read, who you talk to, it's between 70 to 80% effective at removing, reducing or removing depression symptoms. And as far as our data set goes, it's helped a hundred percent of our patients. Yeah. So it's incredibly effective. As far as lifestyle modification goes, we've all kind of incorporated ways to manage our own symptoms. Uh, the biggest red flag to anybody that may think their loved ones may be struggling is the isolation side of it. When you start to see some isolation and some, we call it bunkering down among veterans you start to understand that that's a major red flag indicator for suicidal ideation and they may even develop in their own plan for that. But with that being said, there are plenty of hotlines for suicide prevention hotlines. We also recommend just trying to get involved in your community and find that purpose again. We focus a lot on sleep hygiene prior to these treatments. So weighted blankets have helped us. I sleep with a weighted blanket every night and right before I go to bed, I pop about 200 milligrams of GABA. Yep. Sweet. I do 750 milligrams of GABA as well. <laughs> Jeff likes to take the horse GABA pills. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, mindfulness. What you do with neurofeedback is phenomenal. We're very lucky to come across you as well. So, when it comes to the biohacking. So, yeah, there's quite a bit. That diet, li- diet, diet and exercise. Diet and exercise. Um, Can't say that enough. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're, it's pretty obvious, but nobody ends up really changing those habits. You know? Well, and, that's, and it's so hard to have compliance, right? We look at that across every, whether you're a nutritionist, a doctor, a biohacker, a counselor, having anyone really comply to whatever you write in terms of like, hey, if you ate this, you'll probably feel better. And I just so love that your first answer is like, hey, the ketamine infusions is this great way to just bring some stability back yeah. into your life. Right. Cause that, those, those pieces kind of like your model indicates like that lifestyle change or getting in the gym, doing yoga, whatever it may be, will be easier for you to do once you have that stability. Oh yeah. yeah. When you're a patient controlled by your symptoms, yeah, lifestyle modification <laughs> is not so an overwhelming. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. I've been intermittent fasting for years and because it's supposed to reduce inflammation in the brain and the entire body, uh, fasting lasts longer than 18 hours. It's supposed to kickstart autophagy. And even with all of these lifestyle modifications, I was still an absolute terror to be around as far as emotional regulation goes, focus. I, I couldn't complete a task. It, sitting me down to write an email or do paperwork was the worst possible thing. So yeah. it, that immediate intervention brought me back to a point where I felt like there was so much more stability and control of my lifestyle and my my tasks that I had to complete. So Yeah, you just... One of the things we stress for our patients, it's kind of a caveat, it's caveat to ketamine, is that it's not a permanent thing. Like, if you go back into the same habit loop after you basically bioelectrically reset your brain, guess what? You're going to be in the same damn place you were, you know, four months ago. 
it's all about using that momentum, like getting that clarity, feeling those symptoms go away. Maybe, maybe not being in pain anymore, feeling that that kind of relief, getting better sleep. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, what do I do? Well, better start making some changes or you're going right back in that hole. Yeah. We are yeah. truly a product of our environment We are, and we can modify our environment. We can, our environment doesn't have to dictate how we feel. We have far more control than we think. Yeah. When, I, when we look at from a neuro or bio standpoint, one of the classic questions is like, well, what if someone's treatment resistant or a non-responder? And there's going to be people that don't respond to everything. So some people are not able to say change a theta wave thresholds, like they can't bring it down. So there is that amount of the population. But there's other parts where we're just looking at like, one of the main pieces we look at is that family system. Oh, yeah. Where's that stability? Where is it coming from? And, you know, so there's, there's a lot to be said for that. But well, I think we'll have links in the show notes to everything. Thank you both so much. I'd love to give you the floor of just any last words you'd want to say to, to our listeners, you know, whether or not they're, you know, struggling or not, just how can they, yeah. What do you want to be known for? I guess. Well, I just want to say to everybody that if you are in that deep, dark hole, that there is hope that, you're, you're not screwed. You're not you're, alone. You're, you're not alone either. Yeah, exactly. That, that there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to be willing to run towards it. Don't give up. Never surrender. Yeah. And it's not just a veteran problem. It's an everyone problem. So we, we understand that this problem affects far more people than we truly understand. And removing that stigma and actually being open about your struggles is what actually initiates human connection and makes you feel more involved in a community because you're truly helping somebody else as well, you know, by sharing your own struggles. So, um, we're just very, very lucky. And we want to say thank you to all of the partner providers that we've had and the people that have helped us get to this point, including you, Micah, we appreciate everything you guys have done. Yeah. So. Thanks guys. It's been a true pleasure working with you and learning from you. It's been, you guys have a lot of wisdom to share. So thank you.